Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to do, I'm not even going to say shameless because the idea of shame doesn't even enter into it. So I couldn't have less shame because I'm so pumped for my new book, All Things Aside, Absolutely Correct Opinions. You know, I wrote Girl Logic a couple of years ago and it's great that people keep reading it, but it's like, why did it take you so long to find it? So now you have no excuse. This is my second book, All Things Aside, out with Abrams, The Art of Books. And this is a collection of personal essays ranging from topics like nostalgia, the bullshit idea of having it all, everything's a scam. I ask, where have all the hot boys gone? Girls that are single, you're wondering, where are all the dudes? I'm telling you where they are and where they aren't. I talk about my miscarriage and why normalizing these conversations is important for the health of our society. I talk about not so much having a baby, but how annoying people are about you having a baby, acting like a person, kind of a referendum on people acting like nightmares in society. I ask questions about why women are high maintenance and what is required of us. I have a chapter on annoying court. Sometimes I'm just annoying and I wonder if I'm too annoying. I question tradition. I talk about the art of unplugging, even though I'm not good at it. I talk about turning 40 and how people are obsessed with telling you that you're basically 40 when you're like 38. And it's a love letter to society, to other women, to people. It is a fun book. It is for everyone, even your dad. Get your dad a copy of All Things Aside this holiday season. Get it now. The holiday being Halloween for all of my pagans and witches out there. And yeah, there will be an audible, but honestly, those don't count toward the New York Times bestseller list, which is archaic and inane, but that's the truth. So get the book, read it, and then let me read it to you in my voice. All things aside, absolutely correct opinions, forward by Margaret Cho. And by the way, people like Jimmy Kimmel, Rebecca Searle, who's a New York Times bestselling author, you love that book, One Italian Summer, Sharon Stone, and Ted Serranos, CEO of Netflix, all wrote up about my book. On the back, wrote up, gave a blurb. I'm just saying important people like my book. Okay. you're hearing this, it's Wednesday, October 5th. And as I was saying that, I realized we are recording this on Tuesday, October 4th. And it is my best friend, Michelle's 40th birthday. (gasps) But you know, that thing where you, for a second, like I didn't look at the date. I always know October 4th is her birthday, but I texted her something this morning (laughs) and it wasn't happy birthday. (laughs) 
And then, so I looked at her picture of the baby and then I was just like, is it hot in Texas or is it cold right now? Whatever. And then I just wrote, and happy birthday. <laughs> and it's like so obvious I forgot. And then I wrote in all caps, I will call you. But you just remembered, like you gasped. You you just remembered all on your own. <laughs> I did, but it's kind of that, like she won't care because there's something wrong with her. But like as the recipient, you're just like, why is the first thing not happy birthday? Right. I was the first thing you said, not happy birthday. 40th birthdays are, we had to reschedule Noah's. Did we tell the podcast audience about how sick he was? You you mentioned vaguely that he was sick for the Martha's Vineyard apology. I'm just going to say it. Okay. I'm just going to say it because I wasn't going to because I said it on Jimmy Kimmel and Noah was with me at the taping and I asked if it was okay and he said it was totally cool because, okay. you know, it's someone's medical history and I, he got hand, foot, and mouth. And he's feeling better now? He's feeling better. I was unaware of it. I knew it was something that little kids got. And when he first got it, honest to God, first we were like, is this COVID? Then we were like, is this strep? And then honest to God, we thought it was monkeypox. Yeah. It was devastating. Like it was everything that can go wrong with your body, like fevers, aches, nausea, chills, loss of appetite, you know, all of this stuff. And then this horrific rash, which is gross to talk about. And it just happens in all of these, like, I think like adrenal gland areas, like your groin, and then it goes all over. And so it's just really hard to see your partner in that much pain. And when I say hand, foot, and mouth, everyone's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, I, in my mind, it was like a chicken pox. Like kids get it and then it's over. But I don't, I'm sorry, I wasn't like well-versed on like childhood illnesses. But also, how does someone who still wears a mask indoors get that? Our kid doesn't go anywhere. She doesn't go to a school. I think his immunity was super low because he has trouble sleeping. Yeah. And that is not everyone's cue to like DM me like their sleep aid <laughs> blend of like CBD and mango oil. Um, and he was like that. We had to quarantine. I moved into the gym, which like I don't hate because like I feel like a teenager. <laughs> I didn't touch him for four weeks. Yeah. And I couldn't see. He couldn't help. I had to, we had to bring him everything. He couldn't see the baby. It was, I hate to say this, but like a glimpse into like what it must be like to have a partner who's sick, like actually sick. And uh, it was hard for him also. <laughs> Anyways. So what happened to him Sorry, while you were so away? Long. To him while I was away? Yeah, while you were in Martha's Vineyard. Okay, well, that's, it'll be the top of my cob, but the setup for it is we had planned, I had dared, deigned to carve out an actual vacation. And you know me, like we never, we're always like the day before a national holiday, we're like, should we go somewhere? Oh, wait, we can't. We talk about this in All Things Aside, my new book. Um, really bad at planning ahead. But like eight months ago, my parents, they go to Martha's Vineyard, I'm trying to speed the story up because people want to get to the hot, hot topics. My parents, uh, my stepdad raised like his kids there partially at Martha's Vineyard. He's from there, from Edgartown. And they bought a house there years ago and they went for years and years and years and they sold the house and now they just visit mm -hmm. in the summer. And I never made the time in my life to go. And as I get older, the more I'm realizing, like, I have to start carving these things out. Um, and I'm sure the reason I didn't do that was, like, all fear-based. And, oh, I'm just busy. Um, but we've reached the middle, and it's time to take a break. <laughs> and so they, they invited us to Martha's Vineyard. And I was like, yes, we'll bring the baby. She'll be, like, eight months old. Then we're going to go. And I even called my agent. And I was like, could you book me some gigs on the East Coast? That way, 
I have like extra reasons to be there. So we booked Northampton, Massachusetts. Why would I be there otherwise? And Providence, Rhode Island, super fun because I had to be on the East Coast to get to Ottawa and Toronto anyway. So we buttressed, we abutted the Northampton in the beginning. And then anyway, like four days before we're set to leave, Noah still has hand, foot and mouth and like you cannot touch anything and it is not looking good. And so they don't go. I go to Martha's Vineyard on this family vacation by myself, stay in a twin bed. And on day two of my vacation, my vacation, on day two of the trip, my mom's not feeling well. And we take her to the emergency room. She got COVID. But she's okay now? She's okay. And I didn't, I wasn't worried for her. We didn't know if it's a strep. Like, why don't you feel well? So my vacation, we'll get to the top of it was just me and my stepdad just like driving around the island. And I had a great time. We'll talk about the top of the cop. But um, yeah, I just got home yesterday. I've literally had 48 hours at home. And then I go on this two-week book tour. And these are all good things. But like, I finally got to like kiss my husband on the mouth. Oh. And look at his penis. Mm. No, I didn't look at his penis. I was too tired to have sex. <laughs> I mean. <It> was. <laughs> what, a, what a time you've had. It's, I'm getting to that age where it used to be like, we did Jimmy Kimmel last night and I had my book event. It used to be like, hey, I'm going to be dressed up. I don't want to waste an outfit. Let's go to dinner. And now it's like, I need to be in bed by 930 if I can function the next day. Let's just eat pasta on the couch and watch my Jeopardy. Yeah. Actually, that's what our first question is about. Vaguely accusatory. How did Eliza get so many daily doubles? There seemed to be a lot in Eliza's favor, such as Comedy Atlas, Small and Big Animals, and a whole category after her book. Oh my God, Small and Big Animals. That is so (laughs) funny. They give everybody, well, it's not a category after, everybody had a personalized category. Like whatever you know about the other people, like Reggie does music and they were like music, like they do categories for each person. I wasn't focused on them. I was, I watched myself and I was like, you need to take a break. Like I am not laughing with them. I am not talking to the other guys. Um, the daily doubles, I didn't realize how many I got till last night because I was so focused on the buzzer and getting these right. So while I had the most fun, like I could have had more joy. (laughs) Cause you just don't want to look like a fucking moron on national TV. No, it's very stressful. And it was stressful for my whole family who made me come over to their house and watch. And I told you, they promised me, yes, we get ABC. We get, it's on Hulu. And I said, do you pay, you don't pay for Hulu live. They're like, we get it. And I was like, okay. And I go over. There's no way they know. At 7.59, they're like, turn it on, turn it on. I'm like, it's not already on Hulu. Everybody's yelling. So then I Google and by 8.10, we've logged into USTVGo.go where there is just like ads for dentures and ABC is streaming in the middle, very Mm. small. And we expanded it and it was surprisingly good quality. Uh, Thank God they have you. They were just like, oh my God. Oh, is she going to know that one? I was like, I don't know. Because at the WandaVision one, I literally said she's not going to know this. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, know, it really is about the context clues. You could not know something and just like key into a word. I saw Elizabeth Olsen. And and I was like, that's the only show I know. Yeah. If you hadn't said her, I'd be like, I don't know what we're talking about. Um. I'm actually going to change my top of the cop. Can I just say one more thing about Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. I had never been. Have you been? I've been several times. I went there and I threw my grandpa's ashes. And I also went there with my other side of the family grandma. And I remember watching the Sharknado movies with her in a, in a like Airbnb type place. A bungalow. I get why people love it. And I think people are very quick to be like, oh, Martha's Vineyard, like super white waspy, which someone even said the other day. And I'm like, it's actually 
an incredibly diverse place. Like, yes, there are white people. And yes, there are people with a lot of money. Oak Bluffs, where my ferry came in from, is the oldest. And I feel like black people are like, don't talk about it. We don't want to share it. It's the oldest African-American resort community in the country, going back to like the 1800s. Because I think we tend to look at like race and stuff from a very West Coast or like Southern perspective. But like black people up North are like, yeah, like we've been taking vacations just like white people. (laughs) And it was really nice to like, I don't know, like it was just nice. Everybody, every color, every class, everybody loves that island. And there's no, what's cool about it is the consensus is nobody wants to change it. Everybody likes the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And I think there's great efforts made to keep it that way. It's like stepping back in time. I drove a and moped I, there. There you go. <laughs> I played pickleball every morning. All different types of people would show up and you just had a very egalitarian game and you just step in and if you lost, and it was just, it was the best. And I get why people love it. And the Oak Bluffs thing was super cool. Saw Inkwell Beach, all this stuff. So trust me, I bought a lot of hats. <laughs> letting people know I've been there. I had a great time. And um, and and I would just take a walk every morning with the dog and pound like three to four iced coffees, play pickleball, eat like I don't know, mashed potatoes and Coca-Cola with my stepdad who eats like it's 1950. And we would talk about private wealth and I would ask him questions about who runs the country. It was great. It was fucking great. I cannot wait to go back. That sounds so nice. Also, shout out to my stepsister, Kate, who I hadn't seen since I was 17. She lives on the island. She does landscaping with her husband, Teddy, who is also beautiful. They're both beautiful. And uh, she hung out with me a bunch. And that was really cool to have like a sister my age who like was cool. And we had a great time. She bought me a bunch of candy. Anyways, it was a nice (laughs) vacation. I fought it, but it was a really nice vacation. She was like, how do I win over my... My estranged sibling. I'll buy her some little treats. She just showed up with treats, which is so sweet. And the cool thing, the last thing I'll say about Martha's Vineyard is that there's something cute happening everywhere. Like, let's go have sandwiches and watch these like propeller planes come in. Let's go to this little farm where they make fudge. Let's go eat the best sandwich you've ever had at the Portuguese American Club attached to the VFW Hall. Everything is cute and cool. Would I want to live there off season? No, but... My hair looked great the whole time. 10 out of 10. Well return. Tasty time. You saw my story about the skunk? No. Long story boring. I sneaked Tianfu into every restaurant. I don't believe rules apply to me, but we're sitting on the patio and she was welcome. And she's sitting there and everybody who walks by looks like they're out of central casting. Like topsiders, a Yale sweatshirt, you know, vineyard vines. And all of a sudden Tianfu starts growling and I'm like, oh my God, please don't every dog on this island is five thousand dollars. Like, please don't be like, I'm from the streets. I got no manners. She was growling at a skunk, which had wandered onto the patio. She warned everyone. Everyone cleared out. The skunk had its way with that patio. And I was like, I'm from Laurel Canyon. I know how to handle a wild critter. And so I start clapping at it. The skunk could not have cared less. The wait staff could not have cared less. They're like, Yeah, he comes by. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the steak was expensive. Anyways, it was adorable. Be nice to skunks. They're maligned. What I would keep a name? pet skunk. The skunk? Yeah. Robert? Did you just what was his out? name? Yeah. Why would you ask me what a wild animal's name was? Because they're saying he visits all the time. You're telling me that they're just like, that's just a skunk that always visits and we haven't named it? I know. That's a very, these, the all the white staff was from, was like Eastern European. And I feel like they don't have the same <laughs> kindness toward wild animals. 
he is here. We let him be. <laughs> that is that is Tim. That is Vlad. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done talking about MV. But just know M. if I wear my vineyard sweatshirt, just know I've been there once and I bought a lot of stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm that person. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's time for the question. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Hi. 
Hi, AA family, longtime fan and listener, first-time question asker who is anxiously awaiting my copy of All Things Aside to arrive regarding okay. the I AI. Can't help. <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm like, I'm not no, sending them yet. No, it's excitement. It's excitement. I'm excited. Regarding the AITA portion of episode 205, Stragglers, the one about the girl's parents wanting to adopt her ex-fiance, dot, dot, Ugh. dot. I, female, 27, was married for about five years and ended up physically divorcing my physically and emotionally abusive ex, male, 28. I had a great relationship with his nuclear and extended family throughout our relationship. So much so that when I left, they firmly told my ex, their son, that she's still our daughter, sister, niece, granddaughter, et cetera. My ex was cool with it, and it still remains that way nearly two years later. I'm in a long-term relationship now. My current boyfriend, male 28, has been really understanding of the dynamic for the most part. He's a bit weirded out at times, which I think is reasonable since I still do family dinners and attend family trips or go visit his extended family on my own. My ex moved to a different state and has never been in attendance for any of these things. I wouldn't go if he were going to be there. My parents are still friendly with my ex's parents as well. I have two questions. One, my current boyfriend has said he thinks this relationship I have with the family will fade over time, and I don't necessarily disagree. But if it doesn't, am I an asshole for not cutting ties at some point? Future kids of mine, is it cool to involve them? I'm sure that's a discussion to have with my partner when that time comes. And two... Should I tell my parents and or his parents that my ex was physically abusive? This has weighed on me for a long time. Thank you for your sage wisdom and for offering a much needed mental reprieve each week. Um, It's interesting to me that you're able to be close to these people who have no idea. Part of me is like, maybe, I don't know much about abuse, but like part of me is like, you got to know that your son's a nightmare, right? In terms of the kids and inf- and uh, the fading of the relationship, I don't think your boyfriend's wrong, but I also don't think it's something you have to think about now. I'm wondering why these people, how long were they married? Five years? Yeah. That is a while. That is a long time. These people obviously bring you some kind of comfort. I really hope you're not deep down in your brain holding on to them because you're holding on to a part of him or if he has some sort of hold on you. Let's say they're just awesome. I do think it will fade. I think the more memories you make with, if this is the guy that you're going to be with, let's just say, you'll have less time for them because it'll be your family. It'll be his family. It is a little weird with the kids to involve them, but you will see this will sort itself out. You don't have to think about it. And maybe it'll be more in your terms. Like, well, I'm not going to their Christmas, but if that one of them wants to come for a party we had, okay, that's okay. If this is all pure, I cannot tell you if you should say something. I think you would think you would have told your parents. I'm wondering why you never told anyone. I feel like you don't want to hurt this guy who hurt you. Like you're keeping everything very soft and sweet. Yeah, I don't understand how you can have a close relationship with these people when they, theoretically, mm-hmm. they know they don't know. So they're probably talking about yeah. their son and they're just like, oh, yes. too bad it didn't work out for you guys. And you know this deep, dark secret. And I get that this person probably doesn't want to basically make them choose. Like, imagine how devastating that would be if you found out your kid was abusive. But also, they should know, but that is tough. Like, is it her pl- I mean, It's your call. If you're close it's- with them, why wouldn't you? Why haven't you? <laughs> I have a question. Is there a part of you, I'm making this up because I'm trying to comprehend why. I mean, five years is a long time. And I'm trying to think like if Noah lost his mind, I don't know that I would want to be reminded 
of this person. So I think there's something else going on there. Is there part of you that's sort of running for office? Like you're hoping to show like, look how sweet and great I am. Like, look what you, like, look what you left. Look how great I am. Like, are you, are you hoping it'll get back to him that you hang out with them and, and they'll know that you're better than him and that you're the good one and that he he's, I'm just wondering deep down what the reason is. Do you not have other friends and family at the very least? Or are you embarrassed? Like after all this time to say it, cause you don't want people to judge you. I can't tell you if you should tell people. The only reason you would say it is if they ever brought up how great he is. Something else is going on here. I wouldn't be able to keep that secret in. No. And I think your current boyfriend is right that it will fade because it sounds like a very surface relationship unless you tell them like the reason that five years of your life, like, I don't know, that just is such a big piece of your life that has to do with them. And they just don't, what do you talk to them about? That's so weird. Yeah. I just, I'm wondering why you feel the need to keep these people in your life who could be good people, but it seems like you hang, you're making it sound like you hang out with them like a decent amount. I think you're wanting some sort of connection to him. And I think you're wanting to prove something. I think you got to get to the root of that. Because I don't know that this is healthy. I get that you were married, but you didn't have kids together. So this feels very small town. I think it will fade over time. Yes. But if you really like want them in your life forever, you need to be honest with them about what, about your life. I mean, everybody doesn't deserve to know. You don't have to tell every single person, but it's like. uh, Or are you un- are you unclear about the abuse? Like, did it happen, but you're like, it? he only, he did something once and you're like, am I going to make a big deal out of this? Are they going to say it's not a big deal? Like, is that kind of muddy to you? So I think you need to ask yourself why you're holding these people so close. Yeah. But glad about yeah, that new guy. Less of a bummer question. <laughs> That's a bummer. Give new- him a clinical advice. Advice. New question. I'm getting married in just over a year. My brother and his wife don't talk to any of our other siblings. Is it wrong to point blank ask them if they are planning on coming to the wedding? If they do plan on coming, is it Bridezilla of me to set expectations for their behavior? All past family events they have been at with the rest of the family, family, funerals, a birthday dinner, they always cause drama and make the event about them. I think I'm worried because the attention won't be on them and there will likely be a lot of booze as people start to party. A bad mix. Cannot wait to see you tomorrow in Toronto. So this was a couple of days ago. I think, um, and you had a great time at that Toronto show. I will tell you what. <laughs> I think, look, <clears throat> a lot of girls have this insecurity about the day not being about them. It will always be about you. It just is. And the truth is, at the end of the day, what's important is how you feel and the fact that you're marrying this person that you love. It's not going to... The the only time I think focus has ever been pulled from a bride, and I don't even know the girl, is that time that Kendall Jenner wore like that, like strappy, like vertical see-through dress to a girl's wedding. And it was like, okay, cool. That's really disrespectful. Because I just remember that. I don't know who that girl was, but she wasn't famous. Um... I wouldn't worry about that. I would call your brother. You're saying she, they don't talk. So it feels like they'll just show up, sit in the corner, drink Chablis, and they'll leave. No, I, she's saying at previous events, they show up and go drama. buck wild. But I'm right. So, and they don't talk to everyone. I would call your brother and I would say, are you guys cool to attend? I want this to be very low key. And look, by the way, if he has like a, if he's a shitty drinker, he can 
say it all he wants and he's not going to do it, but maybe setting that intention. It shouldn't be about like, don't pull the focus from me. You want everyone to have a nice time. Yeah. And maybe they'll be like, yeah, we kind of don't want to go. Like give him every out. You're going to have to invite him. They're going to come. And you could even alert. We've had this question before, like other in-laws, maybe you have like another brother or a cousin, like, hey, can you just keep an eye? Like, we just want this to be a, a chill day. Keep setting the intention and keep talking about like, we just want everything to be nice and easy. And seat them far away, like in the men's room. But then you have to just let it go. And you probably won't have to think about it. And I promise it'll be okay. Or they'll ruin your wedding and you get to hold it against them forever and you never have to see them again. Yeah. That's what you want. Catalyst. Yeah. <laughs> like that with that many people and that many moving parts, something's always going to go wrong at a wedding. It is what it is. I mean, when my one of my bridesmaids got like wasted, she just like left and made it about her, but like nobody knew. So joke's on her. I should have gone real nutso at your wedding and made a scene, like put my hand in the cake. I would love to see you get drunk. If that was when I just went full berserk. (laughs) My gosh, you say like the darkest things. (laughs) About like human trafficking and the dark web and our fame. All right. Uh, That's my advice. Hi, ladies and little women. Love the show. I'm catching up with old episodes since I only discovered Eliza a few weeks ago. Can't wait for October 11th. Come on. Well, you're here Here's now. my question. My sister-in-law, we will call her Katie, and my husband don't get along, and I am basically invisible to her. My husband and I are very different from her, which is fine, except she is the baby in the family, the only girl, and thus my mother-in-law's favorite. Katie can do no wrong and is allowed to be an asshole and get her way, except we drew a boundary last year when she completely ignored our holiday plans with the mother-in-law and made her own plans. Mom wanted to include us, but by the point that point, we were fed up and we told them we could not join them. Mom was crushed and Katie basically blamed it on us. Fast forward to this week and Katie's son's birthday is coming up. She invited our son. We did not want to go and lucky for us, we already had our plans. We told her that we couldn't make it. Her response was, that's so unfortunate for your son. WTF. She has a history of not even responding to our invites. We basically find out if she is coming through the mother or by Katie just showing up on the day. She doesn't respond to messages. She had a mental breakdown two years ago and was calling my husband three times a week to get support. But the moment she felt better, she stopped. We don't want to have anything to do with her. But how do we convince the mother-in-law that we deserve the same respect and consideration she has for her daughter? We had to come to Jesus with the mom already. But I feel like we need to tell Katie to grow up and either be considerate or leave us alone. Help. So it's tough because she is the baby. She also is mentally unstable. And the mom, that's her mother. So the mom will probably never require that she grows up. Plus this girl's already a mother. It's not like she's like 16 or maybe she is. Maybe you live in Texas where like there's no more choices. Um, I think sustaining and maintaining. And I I think it's important to draw your boundaries. And those boundaries are important for you, not her. You've decided... We send the one text or we respond and then we are done. And the more you do that, the more you decide how you are going to act independent of her behavior, the less of a headache it will be. And I can only tell you that from like the littlest bit of experience where I'm just like with a relative where I'm just like, here's how I've responded and we're done. You have shown me who you are time and time again. That's so great that maybe you're getting better or you're different, but I cannot keep spending my mental energy. So you give what you get. You Those boundaries have nothing to do with her and it has everything to do with you. You have to just live by those. And 
let the mom kind of deal with it. The mom knows the daughter's a fucking nightmare, but that's her daughter. And when she sends texts like that, you just don't respond. You have to treat her like the petulant child she is. And you be nice when you see her and you can be civil and you could even be cordial, but you don't have to overextend yourself. Yeah. Like a child. And if you- Hi, Katie. That's how you say hi to a child. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. I just think if if you don't need to play Katie's game, like Katie's going to swoop in on like the holidays, yes. right? Like Christmas, whatever. Go. Be like, mom, I'm here for the holidays. Go see the mother-in-law other times of year. Like you can still have a relationship with her and not get involved in this like back and forth. It really is an exercise in restraint. Like, oh, is Katie invited? Yep. Katie's welcome. It starts at seven. Like, no, we're not. You just don't. It is a practice and it took me years to do it. But like, it's actually funny you say this because I have a friend who had a sister-in-law named Katie who acted like this. And now I'm thinking of that person who eventually did grow up and like got a fucking life. But this person is allowed to act this way because she gets the reaction she wants. So you have to decide. And it's not about being a bitch. It's just give it very little oxygen and treat her like a child. You would not text a child like, hey, we're sorry we couldn't make it. Oh my God, why do you say that? Like, just think about the, you've wasted your one question you get to ask me. The the question, Jeannie. Think of all the, all the mental energy and all the calories you're burning, which is great. All the mental energy you spent on this girl that like does not think about you at all. Like she's just living her life. So you do yours and you set up your boundaries. We sent a text, we're done. We can't, thank you so much. That's it. No responses, nothing. Yeah. She'll come around. Yeah. When she asks for money. Yeah. Or when she has like another half hour thing. In. Yeah. We're more question. I talked about Martha's Vineyard for too long. I'm sorry. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, and wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. It's hard to take care of your hair when there's, quite frankly, too many options. Of course, you're skeptical. Everything promises to give you all the answers you ever wanted that genetics couldn't give you. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Every bottle of pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. I love that pros goes in depth. I mean, they asked me my 
zip code to understand how the water in my area affects my hair. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love the results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash askaliza. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash askaliza for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash askaliza. A-I-T-A on A-I-A. Somebody at my book signing said that they love this segment. And I was like, oh, good, because I was nervous that we were like, that it was, I don't know, kind of a joke because we were like stealing stuff from the internet. People love it. I'm always a little worried that like Reddit's going to come for us. And I don't, what sometimes Reddit? I'll see a story and it'll be like really personal. I'll be like, I'm not going to read that one because I'm sure they don't want it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. How but is, we're, we try to be careful because sometimes people will post stuff and say, because people will pull stories off Reddit, especially scary stories and stuff, yeah. and then record like YouTube videos of them reading mm. it and then monetize it and then make money oh, off something those. someone else wrote. I watch those That's on TikTok. Bad. Well, right. It's so. Um, well, this is, look, there's no domain. There's no IP here. It's no, just there is put on a public. What is Reddit? What is it? Six incels in a trench coat sitting on each and other's me. shoulders? It's Hi, me I'm Reddit. and them. <laughs> it's where I get I all my on, news. I know. I need you on Reddit protecting my image. Because <laughs> you're out there writing comments on my behalf. I haven't looked in so long. I used to search you on Reddit just to, to keep an don't eye on it. things. And now I don't. don't search It was just ever. always yeah, like hot pictures of you, like celeb image, are and I was like, oh boy. when are we gonna get over a picture I took in a bikini at the Mirage six years ago? Like, cool. Or it's that one picture of you at that um, Taco Bell event. It's like oh a Taco God. Bell at least I'm like in a dress. <laughs> you are. In a dress. Yeah, it was. It was a roast. It was the Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> Comedy Central roast. I dressed myself. All right, let's get. And it's here. always let's, celeb let's... versus like Eliza versus Charlize Theron. So I'm always like, nice. My. Number one enemy. We are exactly the same. All things equal. All right. AITA. AITA for my response to my sister-in-law's comment about my miscarriage. I'll preface this by saying that me, female 31, and my sister-in-law, Valerie, husband's brother's wife, never had a close relationship for some reason, but we're on okay terms most of the times. That is, until she started making comments about my physical health. She always points out how thin and small my figure is. I've always been like this especially my flat chest or non-existent butt. In comparison, she is blessed in those areas. She cares so much about her appearance and most of her time and money is spent on that. Anyways, I try to always take it easy and not get offended since she's just making, quote, observations. I finally got pregnant after three years of trying. The whole family were thrilled, but unfortunately I had a miscarriage two weeks ago, which was unexpected and quite devastating. My mother-in-law invited me for dinner last night as a way to cheer me up. Valerie and brother-in-law were there too. We were talking during dinner and Valerie brought up my miscarriage. She flat out said that the miscarriage happened because of my body and my small and limited potential it has to be able to carry a baby. NGL, not gonna lie, this shook me hard. 
My husband looked at me hoping I'd let it go, but I looked at Valerie from head to toe, then pointed at her chest and said, oh, I see that's where all your brains and class melted to. She was stunned. Eyes wide open. Brother-in-law got involved saying this was not cool, but I argued she made a jab at my body and basically blamed it for the miscarriage. We all started arguing, but my husband sat there quietly watching. I got up, gathered my stuff, and told him I wanted to go home. He was quiet the whole ride, but scolded me hours later, (gasps) saying what I said was totally mean and out of line, and his sister-in-law was just making an observation. Oh my God. He said to call her up and apologize for what I said, since she and his brother are upset, but I declined. I think maybe I shouldn't have said this and ruined dinner that was set up for me. Am I the asshole? No! 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 Like, yes, what you said all things considered, like, wasn't cool, but it was in retaliation to a woman. By the way, that's not an observation. That is an inaccurate, baseless assessment. That's basically saying skinny people can't have kids. Plenty of fat women have miscarriages. It has nothing to do with that. And even if it does, it's a crapshoot. So what she said, here's what happened. Here's why people are mad. Because there's either you're stupid or you're in on it. And in this case, she was stupid and you were in on it. She ignorantly said something. She's got an issue. She hates that you're thin. That's what this comes from. I hate to tell you. But she, or she doesn't like that you're little and she wants to hurt you. But she said something out of ignorance and you said something deliberately pointed because you felt hurt. What you should have said was that's incredibly ignorant and that's really embarrassing that you said that or something like that. You cannot be blamed for it. And she should know, judging another woman's body, bringing up a miscarriage, giving your armchair diagnosis of why it happened is so fucking out of bounds. And honestly, uh, maybe don't have a kid with this guy. (laughs) Like now now that you're not, maybe rethink it. That is so out of bounds. And I I feel bad because I think she doesn't know. I I understand why you'd be like, yeah, you're too tiny to have one. Like, that's very like, uh, we come from a farm. Women need to work. We need birth and hips. But that is so inaccurate. But she did what I always say, never be uncomfortable with making people as uncomfortable as they made you. Yeah. So, you know what? You're that, you know what that story should be called? Fuck around and find out. Yeah. This person doesn't need the podcast. They're not a listener and they don't need it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You are living your best Ask Eliza Anything life. No! She must have had that line like locked and loaded for so long though. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not the most clever. No, but it's like prepped. (laughs) Yeah, I was ready. It was locked and loaded. Okay. We'll do a very um, stupid one now. AITA for making an NSFW pose in a group photo in a tournament. Not safe for work. Today, I yeah, participated. I know that, cool. that was one of my categories on Jeopardy. Okay. I know. I was I was so impressed when you got a, uh, you got, I am not a lawyer, I think. Yeah. Do you get that one? I like guessed. I, I think yeah. so. One of some, yeah. Those are hard. You some got one of them. No one uses. Okay. I know. <laughs> Today, I participated in a tournament and had a group photo shoot in the closing ceremony. I made a pose of doing a V with my fingers and had my tongue sticking out in between. <laughs> Afterward, I am confronted so by the event organizer. He explained he is going to ban me from being in group photos in the future as this tournament is a kid-friendly event and he wants to keep it PG. He further elaborated that my pose in the photo would leave a bad impression of the tournament, making parents think twice before allowing their kids to participate in future events. He demanded that I apologize to everyone. 
I back myself up that this is just a photo and it is lawfully legal anyway, as I'm not nude or showing any rude gesture like middle finger. That is a rude gesture. It's a fucking rude gesture. It's fucking I per- gross. I personally never care about impressions as long as it doesn't get me into legal trouble. He proceeded to blacklist me from the entire tournament. AITA, edit. I am age 22, FYI. I don't know what the tournament is, but I will tell you, like, this isn't the internet where, like, real life is not the internet where things are just, like, lawless and people are throwing around F-bombs, like, in real life, and if you do have kids, like, yeah, do you want your kid being like, what does it mean to, like, lick a vagina in the air? Like, have some fucking class. Yeah, you are the asshole. Like, I don't flip off the camera ever when I take pictures because it's like, let's maintain a modicum of decorum well, before this, this earth crumbles. They're saying, I didn't do a rude gesture like middle finger. It's like, but you did. Like, if you, you acknowledge did. the middle finger is like a rude gesture, this is a rude gesture. Don't you do it. Ugh. I was just seeing what it looked like. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do don't you think, think you were doing? <laughs> Also, it's like you're everybody else is happy and you're like making you're making it about you by doing that. Like here this team won and you're like, look, I lick vaginas and I think it's funny. No, you're a piece of shit. I would take <laughs> a step further and I would throw your computer in the water. I'm just imagining it's like, go to jail for littering. It's like a Pokemon tournament and they're just You shouldn't like, go anywhere. Yeah. There's kids. <laughs> come on. Give it a rest with the sex. Fucking idiot. Okay, back to our listeners. Related wait, question. Wait, wait, wait. I just <laughs> remembered this. In high school, when I was like, I think a junior, my boyfriend was a senior, no big deal. He was on the crew team. <laughs> I just forgot about this. I should go look. He's, I think he did this. He stuffed a sock. Because you wear um like bike shorts for crew. He stuffed like a sock to look like a huge dong into his shorts for the picture. I have to go look that up. This person oh should have done that. Because like, what if that is your hog? And it's like, I'm sorry, like this is my sex organ. And like these shorts are tight, but like, that's funny. Like keep it really <laughs> subtle to just have like a massive flaccid penis under your bike shorts for a high school crew picture. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> shout out, if that happened, shout out to Brett Rebel of Green Hill High School, who I think is like a brain surgeon now. I have to look that up. I had forgotten that memory. Okay. Next Please don't sue us, Brett. <laughs> or maybe he got in trouble for it. Something happened. All right. Okay. We're going back to your listeners. Hi, okay, Eliza buddy. and Pod Squad. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When it comes to comedy, are there any topics that you think are or should be completely off limits? Personally, I'd love to never hear another rape joke, Holocaust joke, or dead baby joke ever again. So this is related to our, what gestures should you not do? Yeah, I mean, look, 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 look. Uh, it's always about personal boundaries. And at the end of the day, like, if it's funny, it's funny. Like, I'm sure there is a funny Holocaust joke out there. I don't know if I'd laugh at it, but like empirically, I could be like, that's a sound joke. I don't like hearing them. They don't make me feel good. Um, I don't think, I think rape's been done. Like, you know, like pigeon rape. I'm sure I've said that, you know, like in years past, it's not an evolved joke. And I think people are very casual with the way they talk about it because it's just something that we've built into our society. Like women's fear is a joke. Um, Holocaust jokes. And I actually, I don't love trans jokes. 
And it's not that there aren't funny ones. It's just more like, I'm like, I don't really get the point of this. Um, because it's already such a malign group. And I get that like Dave Chappelle talked about it. And so every comic wants to like tee off and do their best. But it's like, I don't know, for some reason, even though like I love a crass dick joke, like for some reason, the idea of someone's existence and sexuality and and gender and everything that they fought so hard to get to. Like, I don't think it's a joke. I feel bad for what they've gone through. So I don't know. That being said, there's a comic named Argus Hamilton who is like a part of the foundation at the comedy store. He's an older gentleman. He's been there forever. He has a very funny joke. I'm just going to tell us. This is his joke. He's like, I don't care if you're, I'm going to mess up the setup. He's like, I don't care if you're a trans man who gets his penis Wait, I don't care if you're a trans woman who gets his penis then reattached and you want to marry a gay man. Love is love. And you are all welcome to get married at my church, uh, Episcopal Church of Beverly Hills. You're all welcome to get married as long as you're the same race. (laughs) Very funny. I think... I think these, it's like, there's always an opportunity for someone to do it well, especially if it's their story, which you've talked about before. It's like your... If it's your story, I'm sure you can make it funny. And I'm sure there are trans comedians with really good trans jokes as there are. I'm sure assault victims with jokes that uh, they've yeah cultivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's the issue is then it's usually not someone's story. And they're right. just like, let me see. Look, if it's funny, it's funny. That's the thing. Even if I don't like it, I can be like, that is a good joke. Personally, those are my choices. Mm-hmm. I don't love a Holocaust joke. I don't love a trans joke. And I don't love a rape joke. I mean, um, a dead baby joke to me is so like, I think about like middle school and that was what was edgy that it doesn't even factor in. Maybe if I, I don't know. That's so disgusting. Yeah. But also, I mean, those that's just hacky at this point. My bigger issue would be that it's hacky. Mm-hmm. Not so much offensive. It's like, you know, a woman driver joke. Like it doesn't really hurt my feelings. It's just like, can't you do better? Mm-hmm. I think the part that bothers me is someone thinking like, man, I really did comedy a service by telling my racist joke. So I don't know. There's that. Anything that like demeans someone and you come out looking like you're superior is never funny. Yeah. Unless you really like teed off on yourself. So I'd have to see the whole set. I'd have to Mm -hmm. see their whole type 12. Anonymous. Hi, gang. I discovered your podcast a couple months ago and I've been listening nonstop. Thank you for the constant entertainment and sage advice. So I'm just going to jump right in. My best friend's five-year-old niece died of cancer earlier this year. She has oh over- God. Jesus. overall been handling Emily. this tragic situation with an admirable grace and strength. I've truly been in awe of her. Recently, however, her grief has started manifesting in a way that I just don't know how to handle. She has become obsessed with the idea of having a baby. She is 29, recently separated from her boyfriend, who I'm not a fan of, and it was definitely for the best. He's a man-child. She immediately jumped into the dating pool and started talking to me about how she thinks that settling for a partner isn't a bad thing as long as they are responsible and their values align. I was caught off guard and shocked and didn't really know what to say, and the conversation dropped. Well, this week she texted me and said she hooked up with her ex, and she's not on birth control, and she's ovulating, so there's a chance she might be pregnant. I told her not to get too worried about it unless she's late. She said she wasn't worried and that if she was pregnant, it would be good for her ex and she was booty excited. I decided to be bluntly honest with her and said that the idea of having a baby to save a relationship is unhealthy, and she got angry and said that she didn't feel safe talking to me about this anymore. 
what the hell do I do? Is there any talking sense into her? I don't want to watch my friend throw herself in a situation where she's raising a kid with the wrong person just to fill a void. I tried the blunt route and it just pushed her away, so I'm at a loss. Is there a more delicate way to handle this? This is all very out of character for her. She's gone through so much this year and it breaks my heart. Thanks for any advice. Love y'all. That's so tough because... First of all, it's so toxic to be like, it'll be good for him, this man that I don't want to be with, to have a child. Like, that'll, that's, that's rarely, rarely is it like, and then it turned out he was awesome. Once we had a baby, oh, great side of him. It's also, I'm not judging this part, but like, it's not her child, it's her niece. And like, that is horrific. Like, that's a full person at five years old. But like, I think she's making, weirdly, it's less about the kid and it's more about her and her own mortality and her own child and all that stuff. I think you get, I think, you know, forget that you guys are friends. I think you bring over some baked goods and you'd be like, hey, I just want to talk to you. I just want to know what's going on with you. You know, um, you're not a qualified, you're not a therapist and it sounds like she's trying to figure something out like this spooked her. I would try one more time to just be like, I just want to talk to you. And if she gets offended and offensive, maybe you just kind of have to let her do her thing because this is not your job to fix that. And she is being, but maybe just creating a space and be like, I, I am, I am always on your side. I just, I, I, I am concerned. That's why I'm here. Cause I love you. I'm not judging. I just wanted to talk to you. And it's not really up for you to decide what's good or what's bad, but I think maybe creating some space where she doesn't feel attacked. That being said, she sounds annoying. I wonder if there's someone else she would listen to like if she's close with her mom or someone that you could talk to because this is so out of it. Not that I usually would recommend like going around behind someone's back, but this is so out of character for her. She's having such a hard time. Like if there's anyone else that she, whose opinion she respects, kind of getting them on board to talk to her as well. I also think helpful. we as women are like so afraid of like our friend being mad at us or whatever. And that is part of like girl culture. But there's also something to be said for you just being like, don't do that. Like, I'm telling you because I love you. And if I didn't care, I wouldn't say it. And no one else is going to say this to you mm -hmm. because nobody else cares. You don't like him. Do not have a baby with him. Take a bit, like, just lay it out there. What's the worst that could happen? This fucking lunatic doesn't want to be your friend anymore. I know that I always talk about like, throw your friends away, who cares? But like, I have a friend that posted an Instagram story the other day that was so weird, so many filters, some weird song, and I just wrote, like, this is unhinged. And she was like, I dig it down. <laughs> like, we have to, as women, know that you'd like to think that you have friends in your life that are really coming from a good place versus trying to hurt you. And that has to do with immaturity versus maturity. If, uh, if one of my friends took the fucking time to be like, by the way, like, I am worried, I might listen to it. So women need to be you should only have women in your life that you trust that would care to say something versus like out of competition or something. We're too yeah. old for that now. Yeah. Just you sound like it. a good friend though. Yeah. Hey, Liza and gang. AITA. I've been online dating as of late trying to find my person and recently saw that one match and I had a mutual female friend. I sent her a screenshot of his profile and asked her if she knew him and if he was a decent guy. She said he was sweet and funny. So I sent him my number saying I felt comfortable giving it out so quickly because said mutual friend vouched for him. So then she explains, but I'm just going to read you. She sent a screenshot of the text, okay? okay? So she said, 
I just asked her if you were a decent guy. She said that you played softball together. She hasn't spoken to you in a long time. Sorry if that offended you. And he said, you just turned it real awkward. Could you imagine if I openly told you I looked at your Facebook profile, your Twitter, talked to a couple of your friends, went through all your boyfriends or past boyfriends' profiles? I might come off a little over the top. But you went through a friend who happens to know intimate details about me, which seems very invasive. And she replied, Literally asked one person if you were a decent guy. She said you were sweet and funny. That was that. I didn't do a full investigation on you. Sorry, that hurt your feelings. So our question asker says, I don't see that I did anything wrong or what I did or that I did anything that would invoke such a shameful reaction from him. You didn't. This guy is awful. This guy did something. This guy like fucked a dead animal or something. And this woman knows about it. This guy's insecure because he did something weird and he's afraid that girl will spill the beans, which she would if you asked her. Run, do not walk away from this guy. Yeah. This guy's awful. It's like, I mean, that's what's a real like, false equivalency that he's like, imagine I went to your Facebook, hunted down all these. It's like, no, she knew but a mutual by friend the of way, yours, one person. One person, which is what you said. But by the way, if you didn't tell him and you told him later then it's like, so you asked about me before we went out and you're, and so you're being honest and upfront. You're like, Hey, I asked, like they said you were cool, which by the, as a woman, you should do. You're, what you're basically asking is like, is this guy a rapist? Like that is what you're asking. And that's okay to do. I mean, on my first date with Noah, he's like, I slept with one of your friends. I just wanted you to know that up top. And I was like, that's okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Please don't do it again. Um, we didn't know each other. So no, you did nothing wrong. And I think that that's, in in the real world without dating, you would ask around about someone. Men do it all the time. Like I asked around about you and I know you don't have a boyfriend. Like you're just making sure this guy's not going to kill you in your sleep. Yeah. And his answer is unhinged. Yeah, that she knows intimate details. Like that's not where you were coming from at all. You didn't, he's like, I didn't go to your past boyfriends and friends. And it's like- No, that's so weird. Also like intimate details. Like you're like, I just asked if you were- any normal person would be like, oh, cool. Tell him I said, what's up? Yeah. I now wonder what's up with the friend that told you yeah. he's cool and sweet. <laughs> now you got to let us know all that. Don't go out with this guy. Do not no. go out with this guy. I appreciate that he's single and like maybe like 5'10 and that's attractive. Don't go out with this guy. No. Hi, Liza and Emily. I, 36 female, have the opposite problem of your writer from a few weeks ago. I have a three and a half month old son. He's really cute. Ha ha, don't all moms think so. And we get stopped everywhere we go by men, women, and children of all demographics. I don't mind stopping, letting people look at him and answering questions when he's in a good mood, but he is a baby and cries sometimes. While he's screaming bloody murder, people still come over and try talking to me. They mostly ask normal questions about him, not even offering soothing advice. This flusters me and doesn't help the situation. A couple of times, random people have even asked to hold him, not to try to soothe him, almost like they're ignoring the cries. I've replied, no, you are a stranger and this is a pandemic. But even then, people hang around and keep asking questions. How do I get people to leave me alone to soothe my son? We live in New York City, not somewhere particularly known for its friendliness. How hot is this baby? Yeah, how stunning is your baby? (laughs) It's a beautiful baby. Do you have a picture? No, I, I, it must just be, oh, wait, oh, wait. I went to the Facebook page. Oh, Let me see. it is. a. Here's the thing. The baby's wearing outfits. The baby has little jeans. If I saw a baby oh, in, little a little, in, shirt. in a little tucked in shirt and jeans, I would be intrigued by that baby. Here's what you do. Get your baby really dirty and sticky and stick a, and put a weird hat on him. No one's going to want to touch that baby. 
I mean, it's a very cute baby. I thought this was going to be like his eyes were rainbows and he had like a grown man's head of hair. Like, I don't... <laughs> look, here's what you do. It's a cute baby and, you know, you dress him up nice because you want him to look great. Simple answer. He's sick. Oh he has gosh. a cold. He has a cold. Yeah. Or if you really have the time, someone's like, can I hold him? You just go, what? What did you just ask me? <laughs> No, somebody could run away. That's so crazy. Could you imagine asking to hold a dog? I, I already am like, is it okay if I touch the top of your dog's no, just, head? He's sick. If, if this is happening to you enough, you need to have some stock answers. He's sick. He has a cold. He's not feeling well. And that's it. And then just kind of move away. That's so, so bizarre. Sick. He's so sick. <laughs> he has hand, foot, and mouth. Yeah, here, you can hold him. He gave it to my husband. <laughs> was your husband out touching this baby that baby yeah that's uh that's interesting that it's that that's happening enough that you had to write in <laughs> i actually you know what i've started doing lately because people always want to shake your hand like i go i go to a show and the stage manager's like hi i'm lucy i actually have just started i pull my hand away and i just go i'm good sorry i'm good i'm good and i'm nice about it she's like no i'm not shaking your hand at a restaurant, like, hi, nice. Why are we, sh I'm, neither of us have weapons. We don't have to show that. That's what handshaking is about. People, stop shaking hands. There's no reason to do it anymore. What the fuck no is wrong with people? Touch. I feel like it's this like weird, like pandemic ignoring, almost conservative thing. Like, yeah, let's shake hands. No, I don't need to touch you. No. What's up? Hi. I promise I'll fulfill my end of the bargain. Anyway, people are fucking gross. Okay. My boyfriend, 34, and I, 30, have been dating for a year. And on our one-year anniversary, I had a feeling that he was going to propose. We were driving back from a weekend in my hometown, and he was acting so weird in the car, staring at me lovingly, fidgeting, basically losing his cool. So I said, if you have any plans to propose to me today, please don't. And his reaction proved that he planned to. He was instantly bummed and got quiet. We have only been together for a year and I'm not ready for a proposal slash engagement oh, okay. slash everything that comes next. I thought you I just had, had gas. And you're like, not today, Charles. <laughs> I love him and want to be with him forever someday, but why rush it? Did I make a mistake by asking him not to propose that day? I know I'll say yes someday, but I'm just not there yet. No, you didn't make a mistake. This shouldn't be like when the man feels you're ready, then he'll ask. Marriage is a discussion and it's something... That you now, if you had discussed it and you were like, I would like to get married, and he went and did it, then you know, you're not really being fair. But this shouldn't be like when he's ready, it should definitely be when you're ready. Yeah. And who cares if he's ready? <laughs> I think though that might be a little terse. Um, and I think it warrants a discussion. Yes. You should have a discussion about the time, what you're thinking. Because he's going to be a little gun shy. Now he's going to be, because we had somebody else write in that's like, they're afraid to propose now because the person always turned them down. This should feel good for both of you. So I think a discussion and be like, let's talk again in a couple months. It's not like a probation period, but like, how, how old are they? How long have they been dating? They've been dating oh. a year. How old are they? I don't know. 30. Okay. Yeah, a year, you give it a, a beat, but... There's also the version where maybe this isn't the person. So let's say it is, but you it should be a discussion. And you both should come to the table with like, here's what I want. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my, you know, it sounds like you haven't really talked about it, but you might want to not walk it back, but be like, hey, I 
remember, this is for someone that loves you that's asking you to spend their life with them. This isn't like, by the way, at this next Bucky's, if you could let me off and get me some beaver nuggets and not propose, thanks. Eat it my is shit. Yeah, there needs to be something more than don't propose today. There has to be a conversation. It's like, because he proposes every Thursday and it's enough. All right, fine. You can do top of the cob now. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. So you're hearing this Wednesday. So I will be, the Austin book event is sold out. Good news though, if you have access to a plane, you can come see me at my book events in New York and DC and Chicago. Um, and of course you can always pre-order the book. So we did our book event, which was completely sold out, packed at Barnes and Noble at the Grove. And I just want to say, I was extremely touched by how, by the love from the fans. Um, when you develop a career in stand-up comedy, you know, you remember those nights where like they papered the room or people like, yeah, we saw an ad for a comic. We came out. Now, granted, that was over a decade ago, but it never, I'm never not blown away by the specificity of people's questions, by the love, by the cards they bring or the gifts and stuff like that. And what people say the comedy means to them. Now we're just out here making jokes, trying to make people feel good, whatever. But it is incredibly touching and so confidence instilling when people take the time to be like, and it's a lot of people who listen to the podcast and to just say what it means to them. And I always say that Emily and I love doing the podcast. I don't say Emily does. I say... <laughs> I throw you under the bus. Um, we love doing it. And it's really nice because you always think these things go into a vacuum and it is really nice to know that this makes people feel good. And there was so much love in that room last night. And at these events, we did one in San Francisco at the JCC where almost no Jews came. I was like, who here isn't Jewish? And it was like, every hand went up. And it was very cool. And so I love that. I love us. And I love you guys for coming out and all the support. And I, to be honest, I was a little uncomfortable sitting there not doing stand-up and just answering questions. Like, who the fuck am I? Like, you don't want to be like that asshole celebrity. Like, anyways, more about my career. So mm -hmm. we love you guys and we love doing it. My top of the cob was the way I felt at that event and these events and releasing this book, all things aside, which two people have read and they said was really good. And one friend that I hadn't seen in two years showed up and she was drunk and she read a bunch of it at the bar at Nordstrom waiting for the event to start. And she said it was really good. <laughs> Is that the person who posted that nice picture of you? Which one? I don't know. Nice picture. What's that? My friend Laura. I just hadn't seen her forever. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, I love the chapter on nostalgia. I'm like, what the book is even, when did you read this? She was like, I got to the event early and I sat <laughs> at the bar and I had some drinks and I read it. <laughs> That's my top of the cop, baby. Well, my top of the cop is my new, my new clothing interest, which is, you know, I used to get crew hats on eBay, like from different movies. And I liked collecting those. And now I've realized you can get crew jackets so I can stay warm in the- What do you mean crew? So like from movies and TV productions. Oh, so, so that you weren't part of, got it. That I wasn't part of. So I got like a thick jacket from A Beautiful Mind that's like a nice like Carhartt, like big jacket that I paid $40 for. And, and it has like eight pockets. And you know I got a, I, yeah. <laughs> and it has a beautiful movies, mind stitched on it. Movies need you. <laughs> like you're a real fan. I am. I am. And I got a, oh my God, I got, well, tell me this. Am I not allowed to say this? I got a, 
hoodie from my favorite one season show starring Naomi Watts on Netflix. It was called oh. Gypsy. I thought which, you were going to say my sketch show. Okay. No, when, and when I type it in, it says it's a slur, which it is, but the show was about, she's like a psychiatrist that sleeps with her patient's girlfriend. So it's right up my alley of trash. And I got a, yeah. a crew like hoodie from it. And I was like, this is my crown jewel. I don't know. I think I think there's a anything anytime you label a group, it's gonna be offensive. That being said, in like Squirrel Bend, Georgia, I don't think I mean you guys probably still fly Confederate flags. So I think <laughs> a gypsy hoodie from a show that you didn't name I mean, I don't we'll know. See. We'll have to see. I think it I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um my bottom of the cob is I can't get out of my own way and I always have a mini meltdown whenever I'm getting ready for something. Like there was a photographer from the LA Times here yesterday and I was getting ready to go on Jimmy Kimmel and I was like the jewelry option. Like I just like something about my face was bothering me and then I I haven't gotten to work out in like a week so I don't feel great. And I was just like, I look like the fucking penguin. Who sends red earrings? And I just like... I was so upset and I was like, thank God this person isn't a journalist. And then like, I apologize later, but like I, it's like a cycle. Like it's like one of the steps of grief. Like I cannot get ready without having a mini meltdown where I'm like, where I hate myself and everyone for a very solid five minutes. And then I come out of it. Yeah. It happened on my wedding day. It's been happening since I was a kid. So I think it just all has to do with my hair, which is I was about to say it always comes down to your hair. My hair is growing, but it's, but you know, after you have a baby, a lot of your hair is broken. And so it's just that it's just this mini meltdown of, uh, I think just always thinking you look bad and then you look in the mirror, you're like, okay, this is fine. But it's yeah. like this weird journey, mental journey you have to go through. Yeah. Well, my bottom is that my spider's gone and she was here for three weeks and I checked on her every day. And then one day I think I killed her. And it's because I forgot I have a pest service now that I am here. And the pest service came to my door and she said, I'm going to clear out all these spider webs that are all over your door. And I said, do not mess with that one. That's my friend. And she goes, okay, great. She couldn't have reached this one. This one was up on the second floor, my friend. And I let her go and I went inside. And then I went later and looked out the window and she was fully gone. My spider is gone or the woodpecker got her that's always attacking my home. I didn't protect her and now she's gone and I have nothing. I checked on her every day like a little pet and now I have nothing except for, I guess, my cat, Gracie. Uh, I got to be honest. I was going to be like, hot take, the spider died because it's a bug. But then I just Googled it. Most spiders live about two years. Why? But some have been known to live up to 20 years when in captivity. I think they're talking about tarantulas. Yeah, uh, the woodpecker ones. got her. That's her natural predator. So. So. I think so. Because she kept, she had to keep moving upwards because the male yeah. people kept walking by her web. So then she was so mean, high up. Wait, you mean men? I mean, I, by male, the people, male people, I mean the plural of like mailman, UPS, Amazon, <laughs> like all the That's male. That's like such a, like I live in an all-female colony. The male people, they're here. <laughs> uh, I know that feeling when you keep something like a weirdo very that's not yours, but you feel like it's yours and you keep it and you check on it. I had a, yeah. a wild lily that grew on like the corner of, I had it, of our street. Uh, and it was just like on the edge of someone's property and I would check on it every day. And then one day somebody had plucked it. But then it grew back. (laughs) But it is, there's something delicious about like having a thing 
like that. And it's very like precious. Yeah. yeah. Like that's my, that's my oak tree. I always say hi to it. That's my bluebird. I'm positive. It's the same bluebird. That's my skunk that ruins dinner. <laughs> Folks, Folks, it's a Wednesday, which means you're seeing me in Austin that next day or the Thursday. I got to keep these straight. Come out and see me in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. That's going to be a great show. We are rounding out the Back in Action Tour. I will be in Las Vegas October 14th and 15th. And then, hola, Mexico City, coming to play you the 28th, excuse me, perdón, in October So we've got a couple of dates coming up before we shut it down for the year. And of course, you can come see me on this book tour. But please, please, I'm just going to say this. Please pre-order my book, All Things Aside. I really need to be a New York Times bestseller. I was not going to say I really need this. I really need it. I don't want to be someone that just like keeps releasing books that like no one asked for. So please enjoy the book. Let people know you liked it. And don't forget my new sixth Netflix special, Hot Forever, is also out October 11th. Have a watch party. Send me pictures. Tag me. I'm making the theme all about raves, candy bracelets, whatever. Let me know what you think of the material, the outfit, and then, more importantly, leave it on repeat playing on your Netflix so that the algorithm thinks I have dominated. Emily will give us hot updates about her arachnid friends and the male people when we we come back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.